Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Modern Waiter Podcast, where we help restaurant patrons enjoy their experience by giving them a look behind the industry curtain. I'm tired of working dead beat jobs for lame pay. I'm tired of getting fired and hired the same day. If you know the rules of the All right, on today's podcast, we have, we welcome Jeff Lyons, restaurant owner and genuine friend of mine. And before we dive in, let's welcome our co-host, Danny DeVillo. Hey, everybody. How you doing, Danny? I'm great. All right, uh, we have Jeff Lyons. Uh, he's where he's joining us uh, via phone. I'm the only one in studio right now, and uh, let's get right into it. Uh, so, Jeff, tell everyone uh, where you're at in your restaurant career right now. Um, right now, I currently own a full service restaurant. Um, it does about two and a half million dollars a year in revenues, and it's located in Buffalo, New York. Okay, and and what's the name of it? It's called Buffalo Roadhouse Grill. Okay, and that's the only thing you got going on right now? Uh, I own a liquor store also. Nice, nice. How's that going? It's doing okay. It's not great, but it's fun to have. Okay, so we'll we'll try to touch on that one uh, a little bit later. And we've known each other for a long time. So tell everybody how you got started in the business in general. Well, at the age of 16, I was a dishwasher at the Ground Round, where my mother was a waitress. And from there, I worked in several restaurants, and I'm now almost 50. I've never had a job that wasn't in the restaurant field. And I basically just worked my way up from a dishwasher to a cook, to a server, to a bartender, to a key employee, into management, GM, and then eventually a area manager for a corporation called Roadhouse Grill out of uh, South Florida that had four restaurants in Buffalo and two in Rochester. Okay, that's a, that's a lot of experience. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Cook. That's where you and I met, actually. Bennigan's. Yes, that was the that was the uh, that was my entry point into the restaurant business. I was a line cook for for many years, and you, I believe, were you were on the grill at the time. I was well when we met. Yeah, I was in the kitchen. By the time I left that location, I was a cook, server, bartender, head host, key employee, did admin work, and got into management too. <clears throat> Yes, I, I, I remember that. And didn't you have, weren't you working at, when I started, I believe you worked at Bennigan's, but you also had another job or you just left that other? Um, no, I, w- I would do winters, I would work at Bennigan's, and then summers I worked at Crawdaddy's, which was a specialty restaurants corporation restaurant right on, uh, right on the water there, Lake Erie. Awesome. That's, that's, that's what I, I remember. Um, I, I, as our start 
And then after that, I got into serving and you got into management. And from there, I believe you you went, uh, was it to Syracuse? Syracuse, yep. Yeah. And uh, then you started your management career there and then on to bigger and better things. Correct. Nice. Okay. From from a manager's perspective, um, what, is, what are some of the consistent complaints you might hear from, from guests regarding service? Um, not being attentive, not really listening to what they're saying, you know, kind of joking around with other employees instead of doing their job. Obviously, food issues, which isn't always the server's fault, but sometimes can be, you know. Okay. And uh, so that goes into, like, really outlining. We did our first show on on what is good service, and it's always interesting to get uh, a perspective, you know, like the server will have their perspective. Obviously, management will have their perspective. And then we're going to interview um, just a, a regular patron and see what their perspective is on uh, – on on what is good service so what what do you i know you touch maybe on some of them when you when you train your servers what would be one of the the biggest thing you like to outline as a key to great service is it uh being knowledgeable or friendly or efficient all three of those um also they you know at, at our restaurant if there is an issue no matter how small just let a manager know sometimes guests will tell us things that they won't tell their server. So the guests might be upset about something and they're not going to tell their server because for whatever reason they feel it won't get resolved or they feel the server is the problem. If a manager goes by there, a lot of times they'll open up to the manager and we can fix issues that happened. That is true. I, I do find that to be uh, very accurate. And, uh, and as servers, we don't always uh, either think about or we're not exposed to like the operation side of, uh, of the restaurant whether it be profits or any, what are some of the hidden profit killers that you encounter over the years, whether it's mistakes, comps, or, you know, broken, you know, glassware. I, I don't know. What, what, what would you categorize that? Are we talking from the service aspect? Um, from the restaurant, uh, from, from the, uh, from the oh, management well, aspect, like yeah. the operations aspect of it. So, so operationally, I mean, you have three big costs. You have, um, your food and beverage cost, you have your labor costs, and then you usually have your rent and some incidentals. Well, the rent and that take out of the picture, employees and managers can't affect that. So it really leaves you your food and beverage cost and your labor. So those are the two big keys you've got to control when you're running a restaurant. Okay. And um, what are some of the day-to-day challenges you face as, uh, as a restaurant owner? As far as cutting costs and controlling costs? Um, whether it's cutting costs, whether it's like, um, for me, I would think um, there's so many different restaurants out there. Is there competition for quality staff or, you know, for front of house, back of the house? Um, there, there has to be challenges in getting people in the door. I'm, in general, I guess, what are some of the biggest challenges? I mean, the biggest challenge is always getting the guests through the door. You don't have sales doesn't matter what you're doing you can't make money without people coming through the door so that's number one so you got to be smart about marketing and you've got to be you know you've got to have a great staff and you've got to have really good food bottom line is you can have all the gimmicks in the world if the food isn't good people aren't coming back they can go anywhere and, and get you know food that you can open out of a can true 
And um, what are some of the, your most effective methods of marketing? I know there are so many uh, perceived ways. I know people, you know, they do um, like Facebook or, or social media. I'm not sure if that plays into your into your um, into your scope at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to now. You know, you you look at other businesses and Sears closing and people that aren't staying with the times, you know, you look at Walmart, they're smart. They're, they're basically Amazon. Now you've got to stay ahead of the game and stay with what's popular right now. And social media is the biggest thing going on right now. So we still do radio. We'll still do postcards, but yeah, we're always doing Facebook contests and anything we can do on social media to keep people interested and want to bring them into the building. Gotcha. I have a question. Sure. Um, how long have you owned your restaurant? Uh, it'll be 10 years St. Patrick's Day. Okay, excellent. See, now, what are some of the issues that you would say that you face, like, in the beginning? I know I always hear that the hardest part is lasting that first year or two as a restaurant owner. Um, how would you explain that now that you're 10 years in? You know, in my situation, it's a little more unique than other restaurants. Most restaurants, that first two years is getting yourself established, getting the clientele, and getting people to come in through the doors. That's the hardest part. You've got to get them through the doors. Well, I was in a situation where a, a, a chain restaurant from South Florida, as I said, was in this market. They closed. There were four in Buffalo. So I kind of reopened my restaurant in that image, but with a Buffalo flair. So I had, I didn't have that initial issue of getting people in the door. People were coming in the door right away. So that's unique in that situation. But I mean, there were plenty of other hurdles to deal with. Understood. And I can imagine like your yours are like any others, you have to get them to return as well. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing you gotta remember about restaurants is it, it's a very low margin profit. So if you hit ten percent profits, you're doing really well. A lot of times it's five or six percent, oh, which wow. means little mistakes can add up fast. And as you said, all it takes is people not coming back all of a sudden because you didn't do something operationally sound and you, you can lose control of your business quickly you know i um i'm sorry danny go ahead no no no. go ahead Listen. oh so so um i was talking to a friend of mine uh he's out of atlanta and he's he's opened a, a few concept out there out there and uh we'll have him on the podcast later on he does uh stem wine bar and seed um it's a farm to table restaurant and he talked about the Atlanta market being very saturated and there's always a new restaurant or whatever numbers he gave opening. And he says, uh, yeah, you could do a, an excellent job with your particular um, location, um, getting people to come back. But as a new restaurant opens up, it may not even be in your category, but your regulars are going to try them at some time. So he looked at it as if they try it, you know, certain amount of uh, your percentage of your guests are going to try it per week. That's going to affect your the number of people coming into your doors you know, as, as restaurants keep opening and they try it and they even may come back, but the frequency is going to slow down because of the rotation. Does that make any, uh, does that ring true to you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that to me is the scariest aspect of owning a restaurant. I can't control things like that. I can control operations within my walls. I can do my best marketing, but yeah, people are going to go try new themed restaurants that come in and Again, I said it before, if you don't have the people coming through the doors, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, you, you just you can't make your money to stay open. 
And um, we touched upon like, uh, you know, Facebook and things like that. How does how does uh, Yelp and um, and something like TripAdvisor d- uh, affect your business? Do you guys uh, um, do you guys have a presence there? Do people review you there? Uh, do you have someone that responds to reviews on there? Yeah, I have a marketing person that constantly monitors all of that. Any negative reviews go immediately to me to to myself and I reach out to those people and try and turn that into a positive you know sometimes you can't there's been times where I've read a Yelp review and I was the manager dealt with that table and it's just complete lies across the board and there's nothing I can do at that point they just want to make up stories and they're upset that they didn't get their way which is usually you know not good for us Mm -hmm. but you know it it, you're kind of powerless in in that aspect but you just got to stay on top of it be honest and do your best. And the main thing for me is we've got to read these, you know, and, and look in the mirror and say, what did we do wrong? How do we make it better? How do we make sure these reviews stay high? You know, speaking of the review aspect, like we were talking about earlier with, um, like you having to go touch a table and then they, uh, the guest says something different than what the server's aspect was or, um, or like you said, they'll, they'll tell you something totally different than even what you what might have been going on. How um, often does that happen? And uh, and how relative are the truths of what of the situation? I guess between like a server and then what the guest is telling you. I mean, unless I personally am involved, it's hard to know who's telling the truth because I do get a lot of different sided stories, but. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, you go into it wanting to believe that, you know, that something happened that upset the guests. So let's try and fix that. But, you know, honestly, there's what I call attrition. Maybe five to eight percent of people go out to try and get a free meal and just go out to make a server cry because whatever their life isn't what they want it to be. And it makes them feel good to make other people down, I guess. And, you know, I tell my staff, just smile. Take whatever they say, and if they stiff you on a tip, it comes out of our till. We will take care of you, but you just have to remain pleasant and, you know, just deal with those customers that are out there just to, I don't know, see the world burn or whatever. I don't know. You know, and and as uh, we have done a couple of review shows where we actually review the reviews, and uh, the last one we did, we were impressed by the the management team they respond to a lot of the the reviews and that's impressive to us because it shows that you're you're doing i don't want to say damage control but you're proactive in in balancing out the feedback that this uh you know review is reviewer is giving and it it really makes a difference yeah and you've got to go into it like i said before where there's smoke there's fire you're getting bad reviews. It's easy to say, oh, it's the guest. It's them. They're being jerks. They're just out for that, whatever. But you, you've got to look at it and you've got to say, if I'm seeing, especially if you see a recurring type of theme in a review, it's there. You're just not seeing it. So you've got to go find it and you've got to make it important to work on that with your employees and your management team. Understood. And um, so in today's world, like, you know, when you and I started in the business back in the day, there wasn't like, you know, Uber Eats and uh, Grubhub and things like that. I'm not sure if that affects your market or not, but uh, it certainly does here. Do you have that, uh, that those elements uh, of people staying at home and ordering out from restaurants? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and I, I think it's going to get more and more prominent. We have, you know, 
Skip the Dishes, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash. Okay. And, you know, it, for on me, we do, we, we've done Skip the Dishes, and we're looking at doing DoorDash. And I think a big thing is the curbside delivery, where you don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to get out of your car. You can just pull up and get that meal dropped right to you. And I think that's a really neat thing. And I think that's part of the way the future's going. And, you know, when I brought up Walmart, you've got to stay ahead of these trends. Now, does that hurt or help your business as, as the business owner? You know, it, most of these places take 25% off the, the, the top line. Okay. So if you sell a burger for 10 bucks, I'm getting 750. What do I get out of that? I mean, that hurts me because you're already talking about a food cost of probably 30%. Now you're bringing it up to 50%. But they also do all the marketing and these people are on their website, which means I'm not going to get anything from them if I'm not part of it. So it's a catch-22 in a way, but you, you, I, I think it's an evil that we have to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that, and it's very interesting to learn what the numbers are. And uh, I myself use, use uh, those uh, the Grubhubs and the, the Uber Eats and things like that because I just simply don't want to cook all the time. However, I, I do wonder, being in the business, uh, it's kind of like uh, owning a gas station. If you're paying at the pump, you're selling the gas, but they're not coming in for the, uh, for the true margin items. Like, you know, for you, it would be, you know, selling the desserts or the apps or, you know, the beverages and things like that. Correct. Yeah. And, and me personally, I think it's a great thing. Where I live, I'm kind of out in the country a little. I can't use any of those, but I think it's a great way for people to try food from a restaurant they've never been to. And again, this is why it's a positive to me. Somebody who's never been to Buffalo Roadhouse Grill is going to get some food dropped off and be like, wow, that was awesome at a good price. Let's go check it out and actually eat there. And that, that's what I'm hoping, you know. That's a great way of looking at it because um, I do end up trying uh, places that I've never been to. And yeah, and so if you, if you look at that 25% and say maybe 10% of that is going towards marketing that I'm not spending the money towards, that drops it down to 15% really they're taking, you know? Okay. And this is uh, kind of off, like off what I've really off script, what I've really wanted to talk to you about. But uh, here in South Florida, we are a beach community and there's a big movement towards like uh, no straws and things like that. Do you guys have that up there? I think just in general, that, that environmental things like that are important. And it's funny that you bring that up. <laughs> this is no lie. I have, on the wall at the restaurant, how much going to paper straws would cost. It'll cost us about 3000 a year. And my staff are currently going through different ideas on how we can make that money up so it doesn't hurt us on the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And right now, their main thing, we get free refills. One of my employees did all the math. If we charge 50 cents for refills, we can make that $4,000 up in one year. So that, that would be, it'll, it'll cost you, that would be extra, not total? Well, it would cost us three grand okay. to go to the paper straws. If we start charging fifty cents for refills, and the numbers that she did were correct, we could actually make four grand, which would pay for the paper straws. Which means that's the direction we're going. Understood. And and do you find like uh, do you have uh, a contingency for no straws? Uh, like, is that something that people really push back on? That you think that really won't work? I don't think we could ever go to no straws, um, but I do think we could go to the paper straws. And again, I don't know that there's a big contingency here in Buffalo that are really pushing for that, but it's important to me. I watch those shows, and, and, and it's horrible. And if I can give back something like that, I'll, I'll do it in a heartbeat. You know, we recycle at the restaurant when it's not required in, in New York at all. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. And um, I don't know if I'm being a an old curmudgeon, get off my lawn guy, but it, it, do you see that there's a change in work ethic from from years ago, as far as like uh, staff members showing up on time or working diligently, things like that? Yeah, I think we people our age or you know you're younger than I am but I think we're horrible parents and we've raised some pretty crappy people <laughs> <laughs> maybe the worst ever I'm not sure <laughs> and it's, I mean when they get so mad at a phone that does the amazing things it does it's like dude it's sending a signal into outer space give it a second to come back to you you know I mean we're living <laughs> in a great time and we got the worst people enjoying it it's it's hilarious I mean now, is that well i mean that's just a whole nother conversation actually so we won't even get absolutely yeah (laughs) but you know the the work ethic is different but you know i've and and you know this marilyn i've always surrounded myself with really good employees and really good people and once you get that core in there they hold your staff accountable and if there's somebody lazy who doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to work my employees weed them out i don't have to do a lot you know oh that's you're lucky that's pretty good but you got to take care of your people, and it, this is a people business, so it all starts with your employees. I can't be there every day, 24 hours a day. So if you don't surround yourself with a good staff and a good core of managers and key employees, you know you're you're lost before you start. And uh, so you can't be there every day. Like you 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 have the um the liquor store and you have the restaurant, and I know that the restaurant takes a lot of a lot of time do you with everything going on uh, professionally do you even have a life or how do you how do you balance that no i i do and again i I look at it just what i said i surround myself with good people and i trust my people and you've got to have faith that when you're not there the restaurant's going to run the same way because you've surrounded yourself with those people you're only as strong as your team absolutely and uh, what's next for you professionally, if anything? Um, I would personally like to get into, and I have friends that do different things with restaurants and businesses. I would like to go into some kind of consulting. Oh, wow. Okay. And... Yeah. I, I'm, I don't want to open another restaurant, per se. I'd rather get on the other side of it and help people. Nice. And before I let you go, what advice would you give for someone who may be thinking about opening a restaurant? If you don't have a restaurant background and you don't know every aspect of it, either learn it or make sure whoever you hire to run your restaurant is honest and knows what they're doing because it's not easy. Yeah, it it certainly isn't. And uh, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, there's so much I want to go into with you. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll schedule another one on a different topic. And, yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. We could always look at just certain lines on the P&L and say, let's break down food costs. Let's break down something else. And we can do that anytime you want. Without a doubt, because that's uh, that's unknown to me for the most part. And I find that to be very an interesting uh, process because that will drive a lot of decisions in the restaurant that, you know, uh, servers or the or the um, workers or even or even guests may not even understand. They they may, you know, come in and uh see it for what it is but don't really even understand the uh the underlying things that uh go into making decisions for running a successful restaurant yeah and it's neat because usually everything has a mathematical formula behind it you know i'm looking forward to it thank you for joining us 
Uh, like, subscribe, and uh, share our podcast. And I uh, want to thank you again, Jeff Lyons of Buffalo Roadhouse Grill. And uh, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Marlon. Great talking to you guys. All right. See you next time on the Modern Waiter Podcast. All right. See you guys. Thanks, Jeff. See you later, bud. Infinity like the internet technology. I be yindy like the feds and criminology. I'm responding G trying to plan. All my demise you see, but all I'm giving you is I slug. For nickel, not they be. Feds blowing me, lock me up like I was ODB. Hoes knowing me from the shows I did in ODC. Flows blowing me from the shit. I wrote in 93. Niggas know it's me when I spit. Like it's democracy. I'm not knocking you, but we live in a hypocrisy. Where the stock and cheese roll around in this technology. My abilities in this game. They get the currency. I know it's blurring me just the same. It's all consumers be. People are the same in the game, it's just the currency People catch their clay to the fame, it's just the currency All that shit just spoil your day, it's just the currency The currency, the currency, yeah, it's just the currency Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.